Hello and welcome to the Events Podcast, where we help you build your events empire by building profitable events while having fun at the same time. So we've had a bit of a break over the summer, really since the start of the year, you know. I was really busy with my company Apps Events during the pandemic. Uh, I talked about that on the last call with James. You know, we, we transitioned to doing a lot of work for Google, running a lot of online events, doing different stuff. Um, so I was just really busy, but I've really missed doing the events podcast and we're still getting great views. We're actually a top 10% of all podcasts in the world still, which is amazing as it's a very niche thing. But I want to say a couple of things. Firstly, if you enjoy the podcast, please get in touch with me. Like uh, most people don't give me any feedback and, and getting feedback really encourages me to make more episodes. Just email me at dan at appsevents.com, D-A-N at appsevents.com. Even better, if you can give us a review, uh, anywhere you listen to the podcast, please stop right now in iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you are, and please leave us a review if possible, five stars, of course, would be great. Back to the podcast. So we, we really focus on helping event entrepreneurs run amazing events, and that could be people who run events companies, but also just as many people, maybe more, are entrepreneurs who just run events as part of their business. You know, they might run events to promote something else, they might run meetups, they might run one big conference a year. This is the kind of people I want to help, you know, because I, I run events myself. So, you know, this podcast is kind of like therapy for me where I get help and assistance on how to run the event. So please, again, leave some feedback. Uh, and secondly, obviously there's a lot of costs associating with this podcast. I've got two people who help me out with editing and graphics and everything else. So if you're a sponsor, possibly you're a software company who um, sells to the event industry, then and you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, like I said, it's a top 10% podcast, please get in touch. Uh, we'd love to talk to you, danappsevents.com, and it'd be great to talk. So thank you very much. Uh, and now on to the interview. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm trying recording this on the iPhone, the new iPhone I bought in Dubai, which by the way, Martin, this is a special iPhone. This is the Hong Kong version, which means it has two SIM cards, two physical SIM cards. Nice. Because everyone in Hong Kong has a Chinese SIM and a Hong Kong SIM. Okay. So they have two. So this is like a very special iPhone. But the person I'm talking to is Martin Stoiler, who is the CEO of EventsFrame. Uh, the company you know, I was involved in in the early days, uh, and it's an event ticketing system. He's been doing a lot of interesting stuff. I'll link to the other episodes, but welcome, Martin. Thank you, Dan. How, uh, how's things? How's, how's life? We're, we're recording this in Prague at the end of May 2022. Uh, I, I've been traveling for a while in the Middle East. Uh, what, what have you been up to? You've been, you've been here? You've obviously had a baby uh, as well. I think we've talked about the child already, but what, what have yeah, you been up to? Yeah. I think the last time we we spoke, uh, the last time we spoke was uh, actually last year, yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, since then, a lot of things happened. Yeah. Uh, business-wise, mostly business-wise. Uh, and I've been around Prague, mostly around Prague. You know, there was COVID restrictions again. Yeah. We had two lockdowns. We recorded this in COVID times. I remember in my office. Yeah. By the way, this is the last time you'll be in my office because we're gonna we're gonna rent this out. We're gonna renovate it and rent it out as an apartment. So. Oh, that's very good. It is. I know. I love this office, but uh, it's, it's I love a show. it too. Yeah. Um, but so I mean, let's let's talk about it. The first thing is, I guess, the big thing or one of the big things is you got some funding. You got some. Is it does it class as VC funding or angel funding or what's what's the category of funding it calls? Yes, actually, Ventsman got funded last year. Uh, at the end of last year, uh, it's VC funding. Uh, it was a seed round uh, that we got. Um, 
in I think October. Now, how how did that happen? Because I, I remember before you had a small investment before that was when we recorded the last one, and then since then you've had a much bigger one. How how did that come about? Did you have contacts? Did you did you promote it? Like what what was the story? How you got that? That was actually the only investment that we got. When yeah. we talked last time, uh, we were supposed to get a smaller one, but then we decided to get a bigger one Aha, okay, from the fund, from actual VC fund uh, back in Slovakia. Um, it was actually well, uh, very quick. Uh, I didn't promote it, but I just reached out to the investors, to several, to several funds. And uh, um, how, did, how did you find these people? How did you find the funds? Uh, through my network. Right. Yeah. So you, you already knew people who knew people. Yes, exactly. So that's good. This, this good is reason a, to build your network. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's one of the most important things in business. I would yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. So yes, through my network and um, the negotiations took some time, but eventually we agreed and um, we got investment, uh, as I mentioned in late October, and since then we we grew the team to ten people, and we've got more people coming in uh, in the next couple of months. Now, what's it like having investors? Like, what's do you have to do like a monthly call, weekly call? Do you have to send us reports? Like, what, what, what how, what sort of, and, it, and is it good? Does it, does it force you to do some good, some good financial management, or does it, is it a pain in the ass that you've got to do all this stuff? Uh, no, actually, it's a bi-weekly call. Right. And our, uh, I have to say that our investors are very, very supportive yeah. and open and. Uh, it, it just doesn't bother me at all like, yeah. to, to report or to have That's a call good. with them uh, every two weeks. And then obviously we, we, we are in touch um, more frequently if, if necessary. Yeah. So yeah, it was actually so far it was very, very pleasant experience. That's great. Uh, as of now. Uh, how we'll see what will happen in the near future because we are actually rounding up to start looking for a series a investment yeah uh, after we will talk about it yeah, uh, yeah. later on uh, but there are some very exciting developments in events frame uh, that will actually require us to get more more vc money uh, in the near future to grow now obviously you you took over events frame probably literally at the worst time ever to have an event i think it was like Within a couple of months, it was very shortly afterwards that the whole world yeah, I took, fell apart. I took over in January, I think, and I started working on it in early March. And um, that's right when? And it was like a uh, week before uh, first lockdowns, and then yeah. everything just fell apart. So we basically, when, when I took over, you had a subscription business there. Yeah. So... Yeah, we were originally, our plan was, we were trying to be the anti-event, right? We're saying... We would just charge a fixed fee per for each you know event organizer. I think Ticket Ticket Taylor was doing something similar. I remember, I still yeah. remember you and me sitting in, in DC BKK at the Bangkok Entrepreneurs Conference and looking at all these all these people doing different things. Uh, but you you'll get onto it. It turns out people actually don't people actually don't mind paying event price fee because they normally pass it on to their customers anyway. They don't. They don't. And uh, the subscription business. It's okay in normal times, but in COVID times, when there are no events, like nobody wants to pay subscription. Yeah. So basically, a week after I started actually working on events frame, like all the customers were gone. Like there was there was so, no one. I feel bad. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so we started to think about. It was uh, almost like you could never have predicted that. It's it's a black swan event, you know. I just think no one would have ever. It is. 
you, you think about you, you you hear about it in science fiction films like the whole world's gonna get locked down, but you just don't think it's gonna happen. No, no, it's a one one in a hopefully hundred years yeah. um, event. So yeah, this was this was the time when when I actually started to work full time on Event Spring. This happened, and I got a new I got a new developer at the same time. So it was very interesting times. Uh, then we moved. I think we talked about this uh, last time. We started doing um, uh, event management event management platform yep. for virtual and hybrid <coughs> events. Yeah, uh, that was actually, yeah. You had a whole virtual lobby and everything. Yes, exactly. That was actually. Very, do you still have that? Uh, we do, we do, but uh, we will, we'll, we'll, we are also working on other stuff. Yeah. Uh, that has more potential. So. So, so you change from a fixed fee to a, a per ticket fee. People could add a percentage. They could, they could customize the percentage, I believe, can't they, what they, that they charge? No, it was, uh, it was 2%. 2% fixed, uh, yeah. fixed fee for uh, for ticket. Uh, and uh, obviously for the event management platform, we uh, that was mostly for custom events. Yeah. Uh, we had several really high profile events uh, run, uh, being run on, the, on our platform last yeah. year. Uh, however, at the beginning of 2022, we decided to not to continue with custom events. Yeah. Uh, because this is this is a completely different business from from ticketing platform. Yeah, it means you've got to do a lot of work every time you get a, a customer. Exactly. That's very service-like. It's like agency agency, agency work. Yeah, agency sure. work. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so this is not something that we are that we are ready to do and that we have team to do. Yeah. And uh, this is actually not our business model. So yeah. we uh, we started focusing back on our ticketing platform, and uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, I got on board some very very interesting and talented people. Yeah. Who came up with an idea for NFT ticketing? Yeah. Now this is interesting. I believe it's the first you're the first people to be doing this. Is that right? One of the first. Yeah. Yes. One of the first. Um, you know, like NFTs. Um, I'm pretty sure that your listeners heard about NFTs. Yeah. They are the current craze, um, garnering overwhelming media attention all over the world. Uh, you, you can hear about incredible auction prices. Yeah. Uh, from seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, beyond the immediate hype, uh, NFTs and blockchain itself uh, represent, from our from our perspective, they represent a revolution, revolutionary technology with the potential to generate untapped value and completely change the not only the event ticketing industry. Yeah. Um, have you heard about NFTs? Of course, yeah, but but obviously NFTs. It's a non fungible token. It's it's a physical digital object. It's the stored. The ownership is stored on a blockchain. That's essentially the exactly, and you cannot copy it and so on. And but so on. what is a what is an NFT ticket? Why why would somebody want an NFT ticket? What does it mean? So, as of now, up until now, what is the ticket? It's a it's a piece of paper that guarantees you entrance to an event. Exactly, right. and that's it. Yeah, that's it. You cannot do anything else. It's basically yeah. uh, with it. It's basically a piece of paper or a record in your email that guarantees you or allows you to enter the event. But that's that's basically it. Yeah. You cannot do anything else with it. What NFT ticket can bring you? It's the it's the fundamental fundamental change from basically we call it dummy ticket. 
that, that, that you can have right now to enter the event to a programmable thing right. that will allow you to do a lot of things that you cannot do right now with the ticket. Like, for example? For example, uh, you can um, generate revenue from resale perpetually. Right. As an, as an event organizer. So, so every time example, somebody sells, you can take a percentage of the price. Exactly. Uh, in the very near future, EventsFrame will allow you to set that percentage. So you will be able to control what will be happening with your NFT tickets. Right. So if you don't want your ticket buyers to resell them, you will be able to set the percentage at 95% or right. whatever you want. Uh, or, but, or guess, but how do you stop them doing it themselves? To, because the ticket's attached to a specific person. And if you change this person, there's a fee. Yes, yeah, exactly. You will set but the fee. Yes, you will set the fee. Yeah, got so it. So when they will send uh, one NFT ticket from one wallet to another wallet, you will get the fee. Got it. All the time, perpetually. Uh, it allows you to increase the revenue by issuing collectibles as tickets. Yeah. You know, people are collecting tickets from 1992 concert of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Or they collect uh, something else. Sure. For, from the events. Uh, you will be able to sell the ticket as a collectible. So you could put a unique graphic on each ticket or something like that? You can do it uh, either either this way, it will be unique graphics, or it will have a unique number, or uh, any other property that you will be able right. to attach to it. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I mean, like programmable ticket. Yep. You will be able to use NFT ticket for community building. So. Imagine that you have a, so there is a concert or there is a conference and you want to give access on the website, non-related website, yeah. to, the, to the conference goers yeah. or event goers. As of now, it's very complicated. Sure. With the NFT ticket, it will be very easy because it will work as a pass that the ticket buyer will be able to, that the ticket buyer will be able to use to sign on to that website or to that right, website. Got it. Uh, so there are there are a lot of use cases, especially for event business, that NFTs are are usable. Right. Uh, how quick are you? How close are you to getting this out? I mean, by the time this podcast goes out, let's say it's in a couple of weeks, do you think you'll you'll have this ready to go? Yes. Uh, basically, events frame is uh, one of the first platforms or perhaps maybe even the first one uh, that will be offering nft ticketing as a service yeah uh, at scale so you will be able to sell to buy and in the future to trade not not in the first iteration yeah, sure, but sure. in the future to trade nft tickets at scale and this is very important so this will be a service that you will not be doing, you know, with uh, with one developer for half a year, but you will be able to do it in a couple of minutes on events, right? Right. Uh, we'll be releasing the first version uh, probably by the time the podcast is out. Right. So if your listeners are, are listening right now, they will be able to come to eventsframe.com and uh, try 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 it by themselves. Great. Is there like a test? Can they try a test out on it? Is there a, or can they get a test account or a trial? Or is it just they have to subscribe and, and try it out? Uh, they have to. They have to create. The, they will have to create the account. Sure. Uh, but if uh, it will be a free ticket, 
uh, they will be able to create the account without the credit card. At the moment, uh, events frame uh, sign sign up uh, works only with the credit card. Yeah. However, in the in the coming weeks, we will switch to um, if, to non credit card sign up. Sign up. Got it. Got it. Uh, so you will be able. So we will be able to create the account um, without any hassle. Perfect. Um, and you will be giving us credit card your credit card information only if you are running a paid event. Yeah. Uh, because uh, how it works, uh, we basically charge you the ticket fees and the NFT service fee uh, every two weeks on the first and on the 14th of the month yep. uh, for the previous fortnight period. Got it. Very simple. Um, That's very interesting. I can't wait to see it. And I just, I guess you're hoping and you're anticipating this is going to give you a big, a big sales boost. Yes. Yes. Uh, and... Um, so basically, like NFTs are uh, something that people associate with the art. Yes, uh, exactly. The That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, but the the utility and the use cases for other industries are are much bigger than the art. Yeah, real estate transactions, things like that. Exactly, exactly. And this is not all. Uh, and uh, and we are not even talking about metaverses that will be coming very soon. Oh yeah, we have we, to get that. <laughs> we actually we actually bought the land parcel on Decentraland last week for marketing for marketing. You bought it what's worth? A, a land. On, a land. Oh yeah. On Decentraland, right? The biggest metaverse at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, people will be able to see how they can use metaverse will build an experience for event organizers yeah. to see how they can use and utilize metaverse for their for their for their business. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm very excited about as well. So um, that we could talk about NFTs in event industry uh, for a long time. But what is important for the event organizers and people from the event industry in general is that NFTs can help them bring more value to the customer and increase the revenue. Right. While, That's the key thing, isn't it? Yes. While building a community, if they are interested. Yeah. Uh, while building a community, a community around their product, conference, sports team. Does NFT tickets give the organizer any way to get in touch with people afterwards beyond just email? Is there any way to? Like the NFT could have some communication way to update it or whatever. Uh, yes, this is something that we are exploring at the moment, uh, and uh, yes, you will be able to target or talk to your audience even let's say five years from now, right. even if they even if they change the email address, yeah, they will still have uh, the NFT from the event. Yeah, that you will be most probably able to identify on. OpenSea or yeah, other yeah. other uh, marketplaces. So yes, uh, you will be able to talk to those people or at least um, yeah, be in contact with them. Yeah. Uh, and either upsell or you know uh, invite them for for a new event or sure. for a new concert in, in it, many years it. from now. Yeah, yeah. Because the NFT will not go anyway. Yeah. It will stay here forever. Fantastic. How are you planning to, to market this, to sell this? At the moment, we are, we will be talking to our current user base. Yeah. And we will be trying to form uh, bigger partnerships with uh, 
summer festivals with with uh, music artists, sports yeah. teams, and most probably marketing marketing agencies as well. Right. Have you had any like? Obviously, there was some with quite a few smaller music events. Have you had any festivals or anything that used the system yet? Any big events? Uh, a couple. Yeah. But this was not uh, as you know when you were building Events Frame. Yeah. Events Frame was built for conferences basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there were there are a lot of things that or there have been a lot of things that we have to have had to change or add uh, the new features uh, to allow um, big events like summer festivals or concerts yeah. or sporting events to to sell the tickets on events frame. Sure. Uh, we are still uh, we are still lacking one or two features that allow us to tap into that market as well. Yeah. Uh, so so far, yes, that there were some, but uh, it was very limited because of the initial focus of of events frame. Sure, it was sure. not for yeah 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 created for big events. Or, what do you think the market is? Though? What type? There's so many types of events. Though. What do you see is the is the market? You know, for you and events, it first music and sporting events. For is that, uh, is that what you see like your ideal customer? Or like because you know you can go after people running meetups. You can go after people running, you know. Huge concerts, you can go to conferences, trade shows, you know, what, what, you're thinking large events, sporting events, music events. Uh, yes, uh, our, uh, our current customer, our customer base is basically smaller and medium events, event yeah. organizers. Yeah. In the future, we would like to expand that and to include uh, bigger events and uh, bigger event organizers even marketing agencies. Yeah. So we don't want to limit events frame only to certain, to existing user base, yeah. but we want to open it up to uh, new opportunities in, on, on the market that are there. Great. Cool, well man, it's great to have a catch up. I'm really fascinated and we'll catch up again in six months or a year and see, see what's happening. Um, I'm just, I was just thinking like big picture, like. Could you have done, like, you went down the route of going all in on this, getting funding. Could it, could it have, like, do you ever think, oh, I wish I'd just, you know, done this as a side project, me and a developer. Do you think it could be done like that? Or do you think it has, do you think to make this work, it has to get funding and do, and do kind of bigger? It depends what you want. Yeah. If you want a smaller business uh, that brings you revenue every month, yeah. uh, then you can, I, I think you could do it. As, as you were doing. I think you could have done it like that. You could have just kept it as a side project. I, mean, well, I, think, I think we could. If I hadn't been so busy with the other business, I think I could have just kept it going, put some time into it, you know. But if you want to grow it and grow it faster, then you would. Otherwise, yeah. then yes, you need, a, you need, a, you need an external help yeah. in, in the form of financing. Sure. Um, this is actually my the, the, the bigger vision is to make events frame one of the biggest uh, event ticketing platforms in the world yeah and for that um, we need help uh, and this is actually uh, and we got it uh, last year in terms of uh, VC fund that supported us uh, in the seed round and uh, we can see that this will help us to to build the product and to initially get the traction again but in order to grow we will need another help yeah, yeah, yeah. or more help I, so yes you can do it you can do it but it will take more time and it will not be 
as um, fast growing business uh, as it could have been. I, the... I think the thing about ticketing is it's one of these industries where you've got what you've got a vent right basically where you've got one huge company that dominates the market. I don't know if you I don't even know what percentage of tickets are or I don't know how you would categorize it by revenue or in number of tickets, but I would guess the majority of people use Eventbrite in the world. Or would you say no? Would you say less? Uh, it depends. It depends for uh, what type of events. For yeah. Ticketmaster is is huge in, in the US. Yeah. Well, uh, and they're primarily. But is Ticketmaster them. just that's also kind of an agency as well, isn't it? Is it all? Is it just an event platform, Ticketmaster? Um, I think they're everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. including including the ticketing. Ticketing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so mm, and, we, and you were saying before, like they, they do some dodgy stuff, like they'll buy up half the tickets in advance and then sell them on and things, don't they? There is a nice video about this. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure uh, who who did it. It was like a couple of months ago, uh, late night show, I think. Uh, if your listeners are interested, they can S- send me a link. I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. Okay, I will. They can yeah. they can watch it uh, and make up their. their I've heard of a few sketchy things about them. It's interesting. Um, and this is actually this is a good point because it, this is something that NFTs and blockchain can solve. Yeah. And democratize, democratize, and not only democratize, but also like bring the ticket prices down. Yeah. As well, because like you know, uh, you will be able to control it by yourself. Yeah. As, as an event organizer. Sure. Or you will be. It will actually, on the second mar- on the secondary market, it has a potential to basically eliminate. The, the middleman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what is very important um, for for many people because the prices can go down. You know, I, I saw you will see in the video, but people are um, are complaining about the prices on the secondary market. Yeah, and so on and so on. You know, it's funny. I've I've been to a couple of sporting events in America when I've been over, and you want to discuss your hockey game and things, and and you always find a secondary market, and it's always you know like. Expensive. It is. Not it always, is. I guess there could be some events that are not sold out and everything, but you know. Uh, and, and, and it is actually explained in that video that uh, the, it, it, might be, it might be something that, uh, well, you will see in the video. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll post it. I'm very interested to see it. Martin, pleasure to talk. Um, and let's talk again soon. It was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. Cheers, Martin. Bye-bye.